Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive to the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Y'all hearing my voice already? We start with headline news and journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Wally, that dude on the mission. Yes, I am on the funky expedition, man, because I am trying to achieve these damn goals. And I am so pumped and I'm pumped for this show because we're going to have an amazing show. Let's get into it right now with what's up with that dude. Well, let me tell you, when you're trying to accomplish something, and especially when it's not in the physical realm, because that's how I kind of got my first breakthrough, right? Through football, oh, yeah. And it was pretty obvious to see if you deserve it or not, based on what your performances were. But when you're trying to do something in the real world, and it takes between the ears, and you know how most of the people of our, our success and wealth have to use their brain more than their body, as much as we revere athletes and give us love. Uh, you look at the Forbes list, and there's very few athletes on there. So uh, the nerds run the world. So I'm going through the nerd experience right now, building up the foundation. I'm going through the nerd experience right now. It's crazy. Not only building up the foundation, but the next show, the show that we're going to do together, right? Where the co-host is y'all, the world, everybody. I can't wait for that because I know y'all crazy. So I can't wait to respond to that craziness. So just putting all that stuff together is what's up with that dude. Had meetings and calls. And y'all be on calls like me. I am so damn impatient on the phone. I'm looking at the phone like, and then I put them on speaker. And then you're supposed to have that Zoom and everybody looking at each other. And everybody got their cameras on. I hit the one that it just says G. <laughs> it just says you. And they be like, that, where were ourselves at? I'll be in there just dog cursing on mute. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, I just can't stand the phone. But all good, man. I got to do it because it's my life's mission and it's for y'all. So let's get it in. Um, After that, we had our swim lessons for the little ones. Turned that into a pool party. Uh, Grabbed our little little slip and slide, little surface, bouncy house. Pushed it to the edge of the pool. You know, hazards right there. Let the kids just slide in the pool, damn it. 
Call me later. And them kids was having a ball. That was fun. Um, after that, put the kids down a little later than we wanted to. Uh, it was 420, so I don't know. It was a holiday to some of y'all who smoke weed every day. And y'all got into the zone. Maybe I met y'all there. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I uh, had a good night. I was watching some Godfather of Harlem. After that, 3 in the morning. I hear big footsteps. Now, my son is seven, and he got them big legs, so I know his footstep level. It's like 90 cubic pounds of pressure, right, every step. But this was 90. This is like 190 or something. I was like, wait a minute. And I looked over quick. Wife was in the bed, too. I said, uh-oh. Looked down. My little daughter was there who's getting bigger, but she ain't there yet. So I was like, that ain't her. Then I was like, it ain't Olivia. She's three, and her nickname is Itty Bitty. So that ain't her, and she zips up her damn, <laughs> she zips up her bed every night so she can stay in there. So I'm like, I am ran out of people, literally for a split second, a split second. I woke up like it's time to go, it's time to go to war. And I was ready for war, and then I looked down the hallway. It was Biscuit, but he was sick, and he was mad, and he was hurt. The bug that I had to help me lose all this weight this week is the same bug that my wife had, the same bug that now Biscuit had that Araya had. So the bug caught him. He threw up in his bed, 3, 4 in the morning. I'm cleaning up, throw up. And then, of course, we all go to bed in my bed. No room. Sardines. All right, y'all. Let's get this started right now. Talking about Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who I ain't gonna lie, I used to swear by for multiple reasons. Max Kellerman, my boy, used to live next door in Bel Air next to Elon Musk. Elon Musk not only bought one property, bought another property and knocked that property down for his helipad or something crazy. Like, I was like, Max, what the hell is going on up there? So that was cool. I always liked him because Max was the first person I ever met that had a Tesla. And he used to rave about these Teslas. Too much, actually. I was like, dog, it's just a damn car. Like, who, like I done had a Ferrari, a Rolls Royce, and I ain't talked that much. I was like, dog, it's a damn Tesla. And then Corey Maggetti was the next person I knew who had one. And he kept going on. I was like, dog, you acting like Max. Everybody was talking about these cars. And this is a long time ago. And finally, I sat in Corey's. And finally, I rolled in Max's. And then I realized, and now three Teslas later because they hooked me too. I don't talk about it like that. Actually, I do. But the point is, I got love for Elon Musk. Well, let's just say that love has turned into a lot of like or kind of like because I am not liking what's going on at Twitter right now. Let's talk about this story where Twitter has started getting rid of legacy blue checks for those who don't pay up. Raise your hand if you ain't paying up. I ain't paying up for that. Well, unless you're LeBron James and a couple other celebrities because they extended a complimentary subscription to LeBron James. They did it to William Shatner and they did it to Stephen King. I'm sure others, but those are the three headliners. And the craziest thing is before all we get into like the blue check mark and what it means, I'm like, dog, what is Elon doing? How did he get to Twitter and that fast undermine and discredit what the validation system looked like? Like, this didn't really matter to me from hello when I got on Twitter. It was like, oh, you get a blue check mark if you're somebody of public face. And I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't go on Twitter looking for that validation, that next tier. But when it came, I was like, okay, this does make sense. Because if you're LeBron James for real, you don't want LeBron James the fake to get out there and be newsworthy because that ain't real, right? So I thought that was smart. 
it almost reminded me of how Amex does it. And Amex has the cleanest lines. You know, you got your, your blue card, your green card, your platinum card, and then you got your black card. And you look at somebody who pulls out the black card, you're like, yeah. And I used to have a black card, but them fees are crazy too. And I used to do it for the wrong reasons. I actually got rid of it and I felt good about myself. I got rid of it because I was just using it to use it. So people saw me using it and I was spending way too much money and I was doing it to impress ladies. I was getting married. I was like, I don't need to impress ladies no more. Let me act broke. Get away, girl. So anyway, it's crazy. It used to be that it used to be the black card, that blue check mark. And then he came in and said, everybody could buy it. And then he said, I'm going to wipe them away unless you buy it. And then he said, well, some people I know don't want to buy it, so I'm going to buy it for them. What the hell is going on with Elon Musk? Like, it makes no sense. I think it's BS. I am not paying for it because I don't care. And my boy, Anthony Mackie, if you guys don't know who he is, all the way from 8 Mile to he's Captain America now. This dude made a great point. He said, look. Let them be fake accounts now. Let them be a thousand Anthony Mackie accounts. You want to know why? Because now all these accounts are propping up the name of Anthony Mackie. Now y'all sit, figure it out what's real from fake. All it's going to do is amplify a platform a thousand times fold because you ain't going to know the real from the fake. Never thought about it like that. Like, damn. So it's not just me posting, it's all these fake me posting. And then y'all just gonna have to take it in. Cause what did they say back in the old days? That all publicity is good publicity. Well, because of his unintended consequences and messing up the whole blue check mark, guess what? All this publicity, I hope it's gonna be good publicity. About to talk about one of my favorite people who I'm not feeling that good about right now. And of course, he's not feeling that good right now. That's why I don't feel good about him. And his name is Kawhi Leonard. Oh my God, you know how pumped I was for the Los Angeles Clippers when they got Kawhi Leonard and teamed him up with Paul George. Now I'm looking at that situation like, that's contention if not a championship, right? Just be on the court. This is Paul George, remember OKC days with Paul George? acting a fool out there in terms of all around the indie days you go back even the injury he responded from that and then Kawhi Leonard San Antonio Spurs Toronto one year there okay guess what I'm gonna do just win a championship for y'all oh y'all never won a championship that's what Kawhi does quiet assassin always ready for the moment but since he's got to the Clippers let's not lie about it man he has not been available and what's the greatest ability availability and we don't have that right now so I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard like what the hell how has this happened let's talk about the story first so we saw him miss game three and obviously the Clippers undermanned even though they fought they tried they damnness came up short losing that game by five but let's talk about the two-time finals MVP who missed all of last season following his knee surgery and then he had this recovery plan and it was real careful the low management we get it see Kawhi wouldn't see Kawhi on the back-to-back see Kawhi wouldn't see Kawhi for a while okay it was all good because it was coming together perfectly later in the season and for the playoffs let's go now they eased him into it and all that was looking good and then we saw him finally in game one and he looked like the best player on the court and that includes Kevin Durant includes Devin Booker right It was Kawhi Leonard. Drop 38, Clippers go out there, and they surprise cats, and they win game one. We pump. Woo! 
Now, all of a sudden, we're like in game two. Okay, we lose that game, but we're coming home with home court split series. All right, you take it. You don't want to say that, but you take it in response and you come back to L.A. Then the conversation started. I was hearing the rumblings. I didn't want to believe him. I didn't want to feed him. I didn't want to give that energy that, hey, Kawhi hurt himself. And I was like, really? Didn't look like he was hurt. They was like, no, he hurt himself in game one and played through it in game two. And then it swelled up, shoot around game three, morning of. They were like, dog, can't do it, can't risk it. Now, here's the thing. You got a knee sprain. And a knee sprain is the same reason why Paul George is ruled out for the entire series. So I'm hoping we're not going to be literal about this and say knee sprain for Kawhi is the same knee sprain for Paul George. That means we ain't going to see Kawhi again. But maybe it was just knee irritation because it happened in game one. He still was able to play through it. And I've been there before. Let's talk about that. How this team is now prepared, unfortunately, to go out there without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George. You saw Russell Westbrook trying to do his part. You saw the team and Norman Powell trying to do his part. Point being, they were deflated. Ty Lue even talked about it. Ty Lue said, yo, I mean, be real. You without your one and your two and your three just got here, whatever you want to say about Russell Westbrook, it was just too tall a task going against a team that some are saying should come out the West in the Phoenix Suns. So I'm looking at it like, man, what the hell does this remind me of? And I think Kevin Durant gave it the best context. Disappointment. Like, let's not even talk from the team perspective. Let's just talk about it from Kawhi Leonard's perspective. Y'all imagine this, and this is for real, that you are Kawhi Leonard in talent. Talent skill, work at Remember, Kawhi didn't come into the NBA as projected to be this. That dude has worked. That dude has accomplished. Kawhi is a beast, right? Especially when healthy, we see it. But then Kawhi gets robbed and not robbing himself like some players, like some people out there question Anthony Davis and they say he robs himself. Does he really work as hard? Well, that's not the conversation you have with Kawhi Leonard. You always have with Kawhi Leonard. Why isn't he available? Now, some of that changed the narrative. It went from, oh, he's staying hurt to, oh, he's actually trying to manage his pain, manage his injury. And that's when he started to lose a few of his fans, a few of his followers. But what about the robbery? Forget if you believe him or not. Just the fact that Kawhi, game one, 38. Game two, still ball. Game three, wakes up, knee on fire, can't play. And this is not the first time because he missed all the last season crashing the Clippers' hopes. This is not the first time. Remember going all the way back to San Antonio, in part why he does load manage is because he got misdiagnosed not once but twice because of injury. So now it's crazy because... There is no worse feeling than you having to do something. And the only thing you need to do it, you can't even possess it, right? That's crazy. You know what it reminds me of? And I'm going to get into my story, but it reminds me of the homeboy D.O.C. Y'all know the D.O.C., the rapper? Remember he got into that car accident after his first album, classic album? And y'all like, yo, D.O.C., not only an artist, he could write, he got flavor. Oh, man, he was next level. Gets into a car accident and the major damage happens to one area. Vocal cords right here. Only thing he needed, right? Literally as a rapper, only thing he needed was to be able to speak coherently the same way, whatever you want to call it. 
and that's what he got robbed of. I was like, damn. That, I mean, that felt like intentional from the universe, for real. Like coming from a pie message. And in this situation, Kawhi is not in that space. But damn, when are we going to see the full Kawhi? I mean, he's going to have to get into that line. And there's a line of guys. Brandon Roy comes to mind, right? There's a line of guys. Greg Oden comes to mind. Where you were like, damn, we never got to see him all the way. Now, we did get glimpses of Kawhi, but not in fullness and not as a Clipper, certainly not. This is going to be his first home playoff game in two years and still got robbed of that. It's crazy, man, because when I've been in that position before, my deepest prayers were literally not to make it to the NFL when I was leaving Columbia. It wasn't to get drafted at a certain position. You know what it was for real? Don't get hurt my senior year. Don't get hurt before the draft. Don't get hurt before the combines. It's literally, not even how well I could play, God. Please don't get hurt. Man, to get robbed like that, that got to hurt. Boy, this story made me smile. And I felt like a gossip columnist when I read it because I was like, oh, I know I'm going to talk about this. Now, why I'm going to talk about this? Because I've been in this exact same position many a times in many a relationships. Um, never when I was married, but certainly before and certainly with someone I was at least committed to in their eyes. Um, let's talk through this right now because, uh, my man Chance the Rapper was reveling. You guys ever heard that? I hope I'm saying that right. Cause it's been a while since I've been to carnival, but yes, reveling and people are saying he's cheating on his wife. Say what? All right, Chance the married man, they calling him spotted grinding and grinding up on the floor he was grinding on a woman right and slapping her butt what else you supposed to do if you're grinding what your hands supposed to do it feels awkward just flail them in the air right slapping on her butt at carnival all right so now people trying to clown and criticize him one thing about reporting now journalism now and i guess i am not fighting this i'm just observing this that they will use a tweet from some random dude who just parked your car and now that's like a source and now that's something that substantiates them writing a full column and for credible sources they go to the dude who just valeted you right and literally listen to some of these criticisms it's just some rando out there and we all randos unless we actually were there and they just saying I thought he was married. And that literally starts the column. I'm like, what? So let's go into it because I'm about to react to the what of this. All right. So the videos out there, obviously, they got a bunch of rando tweets of people clowning it. And then you can see in the video that he just leaning back, getting it in, doing what you do at Carnival. And I really wanted to talk about this because people were saying he was disrespecting his wife, Kirsten Corley. So they were like, yo, you married, B. What you doing over there doing that with her? Who that? That ain't wifey. Okay, let's just start from the beginning. Because this junk BS started, I guess, when you had your second girlfriend, not your first girlfriend, your second girlfriend. You remember that? Who was, who was your second girlfriend, right? Wasn't you the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade? Some of y'all too fast, third grade, but whatever, your second girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, your second girlfriend started asking you those questions about the first girlfriend. Maybe y'all go to the same school. Look, you're young. You ain't going that far. You ain't going nowhere. So y'all probably went to the same school. Oh, you still talk to Kim? Whatever. Or you got a little picture or a letter from her. Remember, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. You, she find a letter from Kim and she reading it. 
Um, why you still got that letter? You like her? And that's the time it started. Because man after man has caved in that moment. No, I don't like her and ball up the letter. No, I don't like her and remove the picture. No, I don't like her and take it out. And when you started that process, you know what you really did to the world? You just basically told whoever you with that you didn't have a life before me, <laughs> right? I didn't have a life before you. And guess what? Why are we together? No one and nothing else exists. And that's when that BS started, right? And I used to always be the anti of that. Somehow, some way it got in my head young. Like I am not getting rid of everybody I met before their letters, their pictures, etc. Look, I ain't got a fat head of her. Kim ain't hanging on the wall, but at the same time, we dated. It's a wrap. But you want me to just exterminate the damn house because I used to date her? I'm getting somewhere with this. So I used to always be like, nah, I'm not. I'm not. And matter of fact, you don't have to either. And that was liberating to them. They was like, you ain't tripping that my ex called me still? I was like, y'all was together for nine years. He never married you, so I ain't tripping. I ain't scared that he gonna take you either. He had you for nine years. But the point is, no. Like, talk to your boy. Like, my, my insecurities ain't there. My insecurities is going against Jonathan Ogden on a Sunday. It ain't your ex-boyfriend calling you. So I saw that always undermine relationships. People break up just because of the ex. People break up because of the thought of what you're doing when you ain't there. And then this video hits, and I'm like, perfect. Because this one is deeper than that. There's a culture clash going on. Not only is it the relationship stuff, you ain't supposed to be dancing with no other woman like that. That's a damn lie. Because one, go to Vegas. And every time you go to Vegas, you see all these people dancing. A lot of them married. A lot of them in relationships. And guess what? Everybody's saying it just happened in Vegas and it stays in Vegas. Part one. It's okay. Go to a wedding. You literally can go to a wedding and see a married couple split apart and get it in that night and blame it on the alcohol, right? Come on, y'all. It's just a dance. Watch Dirty Dancing if you ain't got a problem. But I love the culture clash part of this because I've been to carnivals in Brazil and Trinidad, Tobago. Let me just tell you, when you go there, I was single. I went there with the full intention of we going to dance like we do in America, and that's suggesting we're going to do more than dance after this dance, right? Woo! Man. When you go out there and revel with somebody, she could be the finest woman in the world. And you like, oh, and the show turns. She just looks back and she just doing it to you. And you like, oh, oh, and you're like, oh, film it. Oh, yeah, take the picture. What's up? And you're doing whatever you want. In your head, your American ass head, I know what you're thinking. Yo, it's going down. It's going down. Look how she, she didn't do this for everybody else. And this was so eye-opening to me. And it happened 100% of the time. Literally. After I'm like, all right. So then I'm like, all right. So what's up? What's your name? What's your? She has moved on to the dude half my size with like three toes and one leg. And it didn't matter to her because her mind was wrapped up in the culture. She was wrapped up in a hey, this is what we do. We relax. We let go and we just go. And next and next and next. So all I kept thinking about when I was watching this video is like, damn, a lot of people ain't been to these carnivals. That is not the scene to Mac. That is not parking lot pimping. No, when you dancing with somebody you don't know there, they just dancing, even though you may be somewhere else thinking. So I don't see anything wrong with this. Uh, my wife at her bachelorette party, she showed me some videos and some pictures. I was like, okay, yeah, I really love you because she was out there just dancing, grinding dudes over there. You know that doom. Doom, 
Dong, dong. Once you hear that, when they're coming with that ass, I'm like, baby, bend over. No, 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 you bent over. <laughs> so that's it, y'all. Y'all stay all chance to rapper, man. He ain't messing up his life. He ain't messing up over wife. Not this chance. Not this time. It's time to talk about Phil Jackson. My God, y'all know who's the GOAT. The Tom Brady of coaching in the NBA. Yes, my man Phil Jackson, who says he doesn't watch NBA games anymore and doesn't like basketball's evolution. I said, say what? Wow, had to read through this one, and this one caught me off guard. Phil Jackson is fully retired, y'all. He bringing it 100. He said that he no longer watches the game due to the political nature of modern NBA broadcasts starting with the 2020 Orlando bubble. Now, I read that, I was like, damn, you can't just watch on mute. Like, <laughs> don't most of us watch it on mute, whether you're at home, you're like, no, I'd rather hear music than hear them talk about it, I could see it. Or you're just at a sports bar and you can't hear anyway, so it's like it's on mute if it ain't on mute, right? I was like, damn, Phil, it's like that? But he said the bubble, and to me, that was like one of those trigger words. Once he said bubble, I was like, oh, we might be going there. I think we are going there, let's go. He says, quote, I am not enjoying the game. That's too bad. That's, there's a whole generation that doesn't like the game. No, I don't. I watched the game evolve, and then they went into the lockout year and did something that was kind of wanky. They did a bubble down in Orlando. All the teams that could qualify went down there and stayed down there. No audience, and they have things on their back like justice. And a funny thing happened like justice went to the basket, and equal opportunity knocked them down. Oh, 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 Phil's getting there. Some of my grandkids thought it was pretty funny to play up those names. I couldn't watch that. The Lakers won that year. They even had slogans on the floor and the baseline. It was trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring a certain audience to the game, and they didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. Politics stays out of the game. It doesn't need to be there. Oh, oh, oh. I said, Phil wants the battle. He wants the war. Okay, let's talk about this because I am torn. I hear where Phil's coming from, but I also know where these players are coming from. So instead of torn, let me just explain both sides. Out of theory and concept, Phil is absolutely correct. Politics should be out of sports. Let me tell you why. Because my politics are not your politics and no two people's politics are the same. That's why they say don't bring it up. Because when my cause is being on the platform, my cause is being amplified, I feel good. But what if you're against my cause? And certainly there's going to be an issue or more sooner or later that you're going to be against. And now you're now watching me get amplified. What does that do to you? Deflates you, right? discourages you, right? Makes you just get a distaste for what you're watching. Cause you're like, now you're forcing it down my throat, something I don't want. Think about it, forcing it down your throat. If it wasn't something you didn't like, they wouldn't have to force it, right? So you're already resisting it. And instead of watching the pure product, what you're there for, your team versus some other team, or just two teams going at it, they've introduced another opponent. They introduced something that you don't like. And that has turned people off to the tune of the NBA ratings, ratings, not in attendance, but in ratings has declined. Okay, great point. I don't want it to go around where it's my turn to have to go through something I don't desire, your politics and vice versa. So Phil Jackson is right in that space. He's also right because sports was intended to escape all of the politics. 
You don't believe me? That's why I got into sports in part. When I was eight years old with no brothers living in an all-black neighborhood, then all of a sudden I go down to the park, and now I have 30, 40, 50 brothers. We all put our hands in the huddle, and the colors look different than mine. And I'm like, damn, that's what happens, right? And we were supposed to be basing that on how good you are in football, how committed you are in football. Now, where do you live? Where are you from? What's your last name? Who are you? Like the politics, socioeconomic, the politics, social status, and all the politics were supposed to be on the sidelines. Over here, over here, crossing the white lines, everything's supposed to be about your merit. Who are you and what can you do, right? So I give Phil Jackson that. But then I started looking at it from the player's perspective. They're ones that are active now that are using their platforms to the fullest. And that's real. Think about the amplification of any program you have. Like you could be the man of the year, but whatever your cause is off the field, why not bring that cause on the field just because more eyeballs are tuned into you, more ears are open to you, and you speaking on it, you actually displaying it is going to give more fuel to your message, give you more opportunities for your message, right? So that makes sense as well. The problem is, and it's just simple, I don't like what you like and you don't like what I like, not in fullness. All of us, I think, I think every, I've not met a person yet who doesn't like tacos, like in some version of it, right? Like, all right, give me a shell. Cool. All right, I don't want the shell. I'm trying to stay carb free. All right, whatever. Now you got you a shellless taco, right? And it's basically a tostada damn near almost. But the point is, everybody seems to like them, but not everyone likes them the same, right? Some, I know some people who just want, I just want meat, shell, cilantro. I'm like, what? Where the food at? <laughs> like, where the rest of the taco? And me, I like it fully loaded with ketchup. But imagine, now it's time for me to give you a taco and it's got ketchup on it. Going to have to force it down for you, right? That's where we are right now. Phil Jackson broke it down. And I wonder where you guys are because most people seem like they want these messages out there because they know how they affect, how they impact the masses. Right. It's for those who need the services, those who need the help, those who need the assistance. So that's worth it. Right. The end justifies the means. So, yeah, some people going to be perturbed. Got to watch something they don't care about. Got to see stuff on the back of the jerseys like whatever. And you got to go through that, endure that because it's for a greater mission, greater cause. But at the same time, do you really have to? You're paying your hard earned money. You're paying your hard earn time. Your time could be spent somewhere else, right? You earned that time. You earned that breath. you like, I earned this break for three hours. I worked all damn day. I earned three hours to just watch sports. Damn it. I don't want to hear messages that I don't fully agree with or support. Hmm. Both sides. I'm looking in the comments to see what you guys think. My thing is this. I don't like one part of the messaging. The messaging can go so far to look off as pandering, right? You got a message on your back of your jersey. Somehow, some way, that can give the effect that that's enough in terms of mission and execution. Oh, I got social justice back here, but that's not it. Now, that's a stepping stone to saying I'm talking about social justice, and then you may go into deeper parts. But I hate it when I did see these jerseys and the stuff on the sideline. I'm like, is that all they're doing, right? You don't want somebody just screaming and then they're not walking behind those yells. 
That's what I'm saying. So I know they're doing more work than just putting it and painting it, but it just came across like that. And maybe that's what Phil Jackson's talking about. All these messages, man, get to work. Get in the neighborhoods. Get to the places where there needs to be causes and calls for action. Not just tell me you're doing it, not just put it on the back of your jersey. I get some of that. But I also get the fact that, hey, these guys are using what they got to get what they want. And this is a different world. This is a different NBA. This is different sports. Looking forward to see where you guys come down. Hopefully nuanced in the middle. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. But not in this world, it seems like today. Got to pick a side. Got to pick an extreme. All right, y'all. You know how we finish every show with a Wiley-ism. Oh, my man. Success doesn't come to you. You go to it. That's right. Woo, you want some, boy? Don't you wish it came to you? Unless you're a trust fund, baby, your inheritance. <laughs> right now, nah, seriously. Success, man, it doesn't come to you. You got to go to it. And there's a part of me that is glad that happens because if not, It'd just be so rando, it'd be just so like open, everybody can get it. Y'all down with that? Everybody get it? That socialism sounds <laughs> a little different, right? Everybody always complaining, like we all should have. And I'm like, all right, just imagine that we all had the same exact thing. Woo! And then you needed a little more than that. What you gonna do? Suppress that, right? Sounds good. Do good, <laughs> right? Most people ain't gonna want to deal with that. I want a little more. Well, in our world, in our society at least, you can do a little more, but you got to do it, right? To get more, you got to do more. And that's what it's about. So not mad that success doesn't come to you. You go to it. It's like one of those universal laws that you got to make sure. Start that engine, you rev it up, and then you're on a mission to go get it. That's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all, all the information on our topics today. Today, want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it. Production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. I'm Marcellus Wiley, and thanks for listening. Thanks for all the reviews, the subscriptions, the ratings, and hope y'all pump to join the membership program on YouTube. Become a That Dude's Dude or That Dude's Diva. Keep them coming. There's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.